Welcome to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. And today we're talking about gluten-free baking. Yeah, and I love baking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Well, in other podcasts, we've talked about my struggle with losing weight. And one of the things that I found that really contributes to my weight gain and inability to lose weight is the wheat. Wheat products just wreak havoc with my system. I also noticed that for many years, I have had headaches, sinus headaches, sinus infections, respiratory infections, and all kinds of problems. And when I stopped eating the wheat, and also I must admit the sugar, when I stopped eating most of those things, I suddenly became much healthier. I don't have as many headaches. In fact, I seldom have a headache. Even the respiratory infections have been much less frequent. So I'm very grateful to know that wheat was contributing to that. And it never really occurred to me. It's one of those foods that we readily eat almost every day. I didn't have what I would call extreme reactions to them. So it was sort of subtle. I didn't really notice it until I had given it up. And in our investigations into gluten allergies, it seems that no one really knows exactly how it happens or how it came about. However, There is a new growing technique for the wheat, and there is a new type of seed that wasn't common over 150 years ago or so, or over 100 years ago. There's a different milling technique as well that Mm -hmm. wasn't common. So certain things have been changed as far as wheat flour is concerned. Even Mm -hmm. whole wheat flour is different. It is. Well, in ancient times, the wheat seeds and the wheat product was much different. It was, as you say, produced in a different manner, but also the seed itself. They've actually done things to help produce more gluten in the wheat rather than less. And this is causing problems for some people. The first thing I did, of course, was I went to the spelt wheat, which is much more like the ancient grain. And I started out trying to eat that one. And I did find that very easy to bake with, so some people might want to start out with that, and if you can get away with it, great. I was still having problems with it. Of course, Bill, you love your baking. (laughs) And And Spelt doesn't quite give you the punch, and so as Kira was trying to reduce gluten intake, so this is also pasta and many of the other products that you don't really associate with wheat, And of course, that was leaving a big hole (laughs) in my diet. Now, not that I can't stand to lose a few pounds myself, and that's a wonderful thing. But man, to have breakfast with no toast, to have no piece of bread somewhere during the day, I mean, just piece of bread was, well, basically, I grew up on that in my household. Just by habit, it was part of my diet, part of my expectation for a daily's intake. In the beginning, it was a little hard for me, too. I did find that I felt so much better, and I really am not attached to bread in the same way that Bill is. I guess over time, I had just cut it out little by little, and eventually I just really didn't miss it much. So not expecting people to immediately make a change, but if you can make 
some gentle changes, it might actually work in your favor if you have a sensitivity to these types of foods, as I did. That's why we're looking for solutions, and Eureka, we want to share with you a solution that we came up with. A few years ago, I had noticed a new book at the library, and it was written by this really interesting team, Jeff Hertzberg and Zoe Francois. One of them is a doctor, I don't remember which one, and one of them is a different professional. They met at daycare (laughs) where they were dropping off, picking up their children. They just happened to strike up a conversation, I guess. At one point, they discovered they both love bread and they were interested in trying it. So they've kind of merged their talents. They both have families. And so this is something they do on the side in each other's kitchens. And they came up with a really interesting book a few years ago called Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day. The process is to make dough ahead of time. So that does take more than five minutes. But you bite off pieces of the bread. And when I say bite off, I don't mean you put it in your mouth. But you take out of the master container, which you keep in the refrigerator, and you take out enough for one loaf and boom, put it on a baking sheet, let it rise and pop it in the oven. And, you know, your only expenditure for that day time-wise is five minutes. And I mean to tell you, that bread was so good. Oh, well, we had to stop making it because it was just too much to eat. We couldn't leave it alone. We absolutely could not leave it alone. So last fall, I was at the library and I noticed that Jeff Hertzberg and Zoe Francois have written a new book and it's called Gluten-Free Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day. So as part of their whole series, Previous to this, I think like on their third book or so, they had a section in the back of the book on gluten-free bread and rolls and muffins and things of that nature. And it was so popular, their readers almost demanded more information. So that's why they've written this entire book, and it's got so many different recipes in it. I thought, oh, yippee, this is going (laughs) to be great because I can have my bread again and Kira can have her no gluten. (laughs) So we'd like to take a minute here and break for a commercial. We'll be back in just a sec and Kira will explain how she's used this book and what our results have been. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. One of the things that we noticed in the book is that there were a lot of references to the different types of flour that do not contain gluten. There were things like brown rice flour, millet flour, amaranth flour. They even used tapioca starch in place of cornstarch, and they use arrowroot powder and sorghum flour, which is becoming very popular now, and it's used largely throughout the world. And then they also use xanthan gum as a binding ingredient. So in looking through the book, I thought, okay, I'm going to really attempt to do this because 
Even though I'm not particularly attached to bread, I do enjoy it from time to time. And I knew that Bill really was missing it. And I felt like I was really becoming a nag because you might imagine it's very hard when you've baked this really delicious bread to not heat it, (laughs) you know. So Bill had gone out of his way and actually searched in the library for a remedy. And so who was I to stop that, right? So I started looking for all these different types of flowers so that I could, in fact, make this wonderful bread for him. And that's the only problem we ran into is because by the time you buy all these ingredients, whether you buy them on Amazon or you look for them in a store, and again, the big box stores don't have a lot of these because they can't devote the shelf space to something that a lot of people are <laughs> buying. At one point, we clocked it out at around 40 to $50 yeah. just to get started <laughs> with the ingredients. And that was only going to make like, I don't know, eight loaves of bread or something. So (laughs) it's like, you know, $10 a loaf, $8 a loaf. This is a little bit much. We were having some difficulty keeping the prices down, but also finding the combination of flowers. And when I did find them off and they were in small quantities and the prices were pretty hefty and you'd have to go to a health food store or order them on Amazon and wait for them to arrive. So in my search, just by chance, We ran across a product. It's made by Namaste Foods, and it's called Gluten-Free Perfect Flour Blend. This flour does not contain any wheat at all. Now, we first saw that on Amazon, and it was quite expensive, and I don't think that it had primes. I don't think it had free shipping. You had to pay for shipping as well. After discovering it on Amazon, I called our local Costco. Our store carries a lot of really wonderful products these days, healthy products. And I wanted to know, had they ever heard of this product and did they carry it? And in fact, they had it on their shelf and a five pound bag of it was less than $9. Well, I was ecstatic. So we went to Costco's and got a bag. And I have to tell you, it's been kind of a delightful discovery. The bread that you make with this product, there are recipes, in fact, online, and I have a whole list of them. And I have a cookbook that I've printed off from their online site at Namaste Foods for this particular product, Gluten-Free Perfect Flour Blend. They have things like fantastic banana bread and chocolate chip cookies. The one recipe that we made bread with is called Granny's Gluten-Free Oven-Baked Bread. Now, this bread is kind of a sweeter tasting bread, and it's heavier, but it is good, and you can make nice sandwiches out of it, so it works really well. And I'm still experimenting with the bread because I want to be able to make one that's more similar to the artisan bread. This flour has a different texture. It's kind of a heavy texture. It's very fine. It's very fine and fluffy in the bag. But once you add some liquid ingredients, it starts binding together really quickly. It doesn't react the same way as other flowers. So I've been sort of fussing around with it and adding this and adding that. And I'm really not having the same kinds of results that you would have if you used like a normal wheat flour. So for me, it's going to be a lot of testing and playing with this bread. But I am enjoying many of the recipes that they do provide on the page. And I've made some of these cookies. The kids just love them and they were really delicious. Bill and I imbibed a now little the, bit too. <laughs> now, the bread doesn't rise the same as, let's say, the other artist's bread recipes that Jeff Hersberg and Zoe Francois have in their earlier books. It is heavier, as Kira said. It's actually more moist and more chewy. 
So when we cut a slice off of it, we'll put it right in the toaster, <laughs> and we will toast it as if you would toast in the morning uh, exactly. for your breakfast, but even perhaps longer, you know, longer toast cycle. It doesn't seem to burn, and it doesn't seem to get real hard and crispy, but it does kind of... I don't know, I shouldn't say lighten it up, but... It tastes really good. (laughs) Makes it a lot easier to eat because it's nowhere near as chewy from that standpoint. But the day we made those chocolate chip cookies, oh my God. And I don't know if we can do that again (laughs) because we must have eaten, I know Kira and I ate probably 20 apiece over three days. It was really bad. The kids just had a ball, as Kira said. And the baby's four years old had such a good time putting them on the cookie sheet and watching them through the oven door expanding out and making a cookie. She even enjoyed the cookies, and that was quite amazing because she doesn't like chocolate. We put the chocolate chips in because the older two, plus the big older boy in the house, me, really loves (laughs) chocolate chips. So we kind of overruled the baby. But even she enjoyed eating them. The flavor was just excellent. And they were so light and so airy and just so melt in your mouth, delicious. <laughs> it was so, no one would ever know that it was a gluten-free product. No one would. Yeah. So we do want to encourage you just to try this. And I think that you'll be delighted with the results and you can play with it yourself Absolutely. as I'm doing now and create some things from your own. So, you know, as we go along, if we create something really amazing, I'll have to let you know about that. We're going to take another commercial break right now. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back. I want to mention one last thing about the banana bread. Again, it was called Fantastic Banana Bread. And that name did not lie. <laughs> it is absolutely Fantastic Banana Bread. Now, Actually, it's not called on the it's not called Fantastic. The recipe's called Best Banana Bread. Sorry. Okay, so it's sorry about that. It's called Best Banana <laughs> Bread, but it is the best. And it's so amazing because the actual bread recipe, which gets quite heavy and, again, somewhat chewy, that effect does not happen with the banana bread. The banana bread is light, airy. It rises to a normal banana bread. The slices are so moist and so full of flavor and just really (laughs) wonderful banana bread. It's kind of like banana cake in a way. It is. I think one of the things that I've noticed and that I'm noticing as I cook with this bread is that when you put the amount of liquid into the recipe that it requires along with the rising agents, somehow it works together and it does make a more cake-like texture. So that is the secret. I'm not sure exactly how to work with that at this point, and I'm still working with it to remedy my situation because I really want to make that artisan bread, and I haven't found the exact ingredients to make it, to really pull it off at this point. But I'm going to keep trying. (laughs) And it's certainly not something that 
is a turnoff. I mean, it still is a decent bread to eat. And when you toast it, it's great for a snack. It's great for breakfast. So it has its place, definitely. It will be fantastic if we can get it back to the actual artisan bread taste. And texture. (laughs) It's a much easier way to go. Less than $9 for a five-pound bag. Of course, that compares to a 50-pound bag at Costco's of regular wheat flour for less than 20 bucks. (laughs) So there's no comparison from that point of view. But it is gluten-free. If you can eat the gluten, fine. But if that's causing you allergies, this is a very good way to go. And they carry a lot of it at our Costco. We understand from management, we've talked to them, that it is a very successful product for them, and they plan on keeping it for a long time. They keep it in these great big tubs. Yes, they're selling a lot of gluten-free products now at our Costco, so we're very pleased about that. Now, we're going to also include some of these altered recipes because I've taken their recipes and changed some of the ingredients. For example, I like raw sugar and I like organic eggs. And so there are a lot of different things. I've used honey in place of sugar in some places, and I use coconut oil in place of things like canola oil. So I've done some different recipe alterations, and we'll have those on our site for you to take a look at. So just go to our website, and you'll see all that along with this post. So that's our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for listening to the Healthy Tips podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to the iTunes podcast and look for Better Living Institute, the Healthy Tips podcast. There you'll also find all of our podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, the Happy Kids Podcast, the Happiness Experience Podcast, and today's podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. And also, let us know if you have an interest in a specific health topic. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. 